Hey everyone, this is Meir. This is Wednesday, June 19th. How time runs, amazing. So I want to um, introduce to all of you Richard. I know Richard from, I think, time immemorial, basically for a very, very long time. Uh, he came to me because of major optic nerve deficiency. And instead of giving up on his eyes, what he did instead is spend with me years working on improving them to the extent that today with special instruments, he can even take driving lessons with the intention of driving one of these days. So I, he will teach a meditation class. He is very, very advanced in his knowledge of Buddhism. He's going to teach a meditation class this coming Saturday at our center. Our doors are open. We need to see some more people coming uh, to his class. So I want Richard to introduce himself and the meditation he does. And after that, I will give you a little uh, update on my work with glaucoma. I used to come down here and see Mayer for a week. And I would also then go over to Berkeley and study Buddhism for a week. And so this class is kind of a blend of the two, my two interests. Um, and it's a, it's a gentle, sort of non-religious, non-sectarian form of meditation in which we just shift our attention from normal objects, like solid objects. We shift from the sense of solidity in objects outside of us and the solidity of, of ourselves, and we shift to like paying attention to space instead of objects. Uh, and then we do some meditations on time, and we get away from linear time and look at time in sort of a broader way. It's through simple visualizations. And then we look at light, and we look at uh, how we are aware of things or know things. And instead of seeing it as, I know something, we start focusing on a visualization of light, and it becomes sort of a knowledge that's not located in any one place. Um, and by doing this, the, the, the point of this is it addresses both uh, physical uh, dis diseases, let's call them, and sort of mental uh, anguish, depression, loneliness, things like that. We, this meditation kind of uh, accelerates the healing process, both in the mental, emotional, spiritual realm, as well as the physical realm. That's the theory behind it. Um, and it, it's just, if you just want to learn meditation too, this is a really good, uh, way of approaching meditation that doesn't involve all of the spiritual trappings and, and stuff and ritual and all of that. Just get the benefit of meditation without all the, the baggage that tends to come with it. So that's what we'll be doing on Saturday. Uh, looking, we'll start out with space and doing some visualizations there. We'll look at time and then light. That'll be, uh, by the end, you will have developed a meditation practice that's pretty unusual, but simple and effective. Wonderful. And you're going to have a lecture with you. Yes. So I'm going to be teaching it, and my best friend from 20 years who... So I'm a practitioner of Mayer's work. Uh, I'm actually also an artist, a photographer. I have an MFA in photography. And my cohort has a PhD in psychology from 
CIIS here in San Francisco. It's a East-West Psychology uh, Institute that's been around for a while. So. Yeah, and I want to talk about Richard's photography. You understand something? We're talking about a wonderful man who doesn't see colors too well. That's true. <laughs> and yet he's actually a known photographer. One of the big things about Richard is something that we can see in the world. When people think about outer space, they think about something ahead of where they are. When people in the Renaissance were thinking about the fact that all the divides between them here and something there is what divides, and they can go there. They don't have to just stay in their towns and villages. Well, that's exactly what happened to Richard in his space. In spite of vision deficit, he found a way to become a photographer. And then when he learned a way to work on improving his vision, he went on it full time. Reminds me of myself in a way. I was the quickest Braille reader in the state of Israel already in sixth grade. If all of you know the story, my mother would say, lights out. I'd put the Braille book under the bed. As soon as she went to sleep, I took the Braille book and read. Sometimes she catch me, caught me in the morning because my hands were still on the book. Well, that ability to read many books uh, without having the vision to read printed books somehow gave me the energy that when I was introduced to the exercises, and when I was able to work on my vision at the age of 17, I excelled as quickly as I could and got out of my blindness. So I'm going to talk right now about glaucoma. A father whose son was given standard treatment that caused a lot of problems to his eyes gave me a call from Montreal. He's a rabbi, Hasidic rabbi. He believes in prayer, and so do I. And he believes in finding ways outside the box. Well, his son had a problem called uveitis, which is a great problem. And I talked about it in the last message of the week. He gave him all the medications that doctors normally give to uveitis, which is normally prednisone and all kinds of steroids. Everybody knows that when there are steroids, there is a problem. And the problem for his son was that his pressure went beyond anyone's imagination. 10 to 20 is considered to be healthy pressure in the eyes. But his pressure went up to 53 mercury points. At that point, the doctors did what they should have done a month before. They stopped all the prednisones, and he went to, uh, this, to a sunny area in a sunny country, and his uveitis disappeared. But they gave him drops to get rid of the pressure of glaucoma. Well, the drops worked but not for more than a few months. And the pressure went up and up and up. And now they want to do with him a procedure called irrigation, where basically they create a pump that drains the fluid 
on a regular basis. I've seen few kids getting blind from that. And they told him that most likely the uveitis will return from that procedure. None of these things are easy. It's not easy to decide to do the procedure. It's not easy to decide to not do it. So the father went to a healer that reduced the pressure from 40 to 32, still in the high range and in the dangerous range, but significant reduction. And now he came to me, let's see if I'll succeed, to reduce it. It's working hard in progress. I have a lot of fun working with the seven-year-old kid. And I feel honored that his father brought him to me all the way from Montreal to do the work. But just before the father came, a practitioner in my work who just retired from doing it, she studied with me in 1988. Eight years ago, she lost some vision and doctors discovered that she has glaucoma. And she gained much of what she lost back and everything seemed to be stable until 10 months ago. Funny. It was not much after my visit to Israel. And the doctor wanted to give her drops because the pressure was 25 in one eye and 19 in the other eye. And he felt the one that has 25 is high. She did not want to take the drops, so she worked. And she mainly did the exercise called sunning, which you can see in my DVD, Yoga for Your Eyes and uh, Vision for Life. And you can read about it in all my books, Movement for Self-Healing, Awakening Your Power of Self-Healing, and Vision for Life. It's a great exercise. When she faces the sun with the bridge of her nose, the pupils constrict. When she moves it away, they expand. And so she came to him within five months, and the pressure went to 23 and a half in one eye and remained 19 in the other eye. And the doctor still wanted to have drops but felt that it's worth waiting. So she spent five more months working and the pressure went down to 20, exactly the limit of what considers to be normal. Now, no drops have to be used. And I'll never forget my daughter. And the emotional tension of divorce hit her badly. She was born with cataracts. And all of a sudden, her pressure went up to 30. Remember, 20 is the limit of what's normal. And the doctor immediately wanted to give her drops. But we didn't. And with exercise of her middle back and her neck, and I will never forget how my daughter told me, Daddy, my middle back is loose. My middle back is loose and my neck is loose. And my pressure went down and it did go down from 30 to 25. And so we were in medical observation for about three years and the pressure seemed to be steady. And then it spiked up with another mental tension she had in school. And it went up to 36 until I gave up on the idea of not having those drops. And then she decided not to take them. So a year later, her pressure was measured before going to college. And guess what? It went down by 13 points from 36 to 23 without a single drop. Now, to let you know, she registered 
to two singing lessons and was the main character in The Sound of Music. And I feel that singing gave her a release of the neck that nothing else could cause it. In fact, just now I had an elderly client who asked me if it's a good idea for her to sing. She has a major eye problem. I said, absolutely. Open your mouth all the way and sing as much as you can. It's so interesting that we're being told that the only thing that will get the pressure down are very harmful drops. And one of my problems of working with the boy is that he took drops for a long time. I can't stop him from taking those drops. Not yet. And they're very harmful. So again, what I want to say, start with nature. Work with nature. Learn from my daughter's decision. And she sees, by the way, better than anyone who was ever born with cataract, except for my son. He sees better than anyone who was born with cataract, beyond all statistics. And so, it is so important for all of you to know what's possible. And that's why I will teach my class on the 29th of uh, June, and will help you to prevent any need or any invasive procedure, and if you have it, and if it's done reasonably well, will help you to not increase the need for those procedures. And yes, I believe in medicine. At times it's exactly what we need to do. But when you only work on acute care, which means care to fix a problem, like a band-aid approach, and you don't work on the cause, like a weak immune system, weak blood circulation, weak neurological activity, then you don't actually fix any problem for a long term. Look what happened to this wonderful boy, and let's hope and let's imagine that everything that I'll do with him will help him to avoid the terrible surgery with the great procedure he has. I could use some prayers so I will succeed with him because I really want to. Okay. Just also remember that Richard is teaching a class this Saturday, and on Monday we have a free lecture with Michelle uh, Hoffman, who is going to talk about getting rid of stress and living in stressful environment. As she is a widow, her husband died from cancer, she had to raise two kids, and she learned how to do it with time, with great happiness, and with deep care to herself and to her kids. I think it's really worth coming and listening. Talk to all of you soon. Mayor. Mm-hmm.